Rain. Toot toot. <laughs> toot toot pop. Today is Tuesday, August 21st, 2018, and you're listening to the official View News. I'm Greg Pollock. And I'm Adam Jar. And this podcast is sponsored by View Mastery. There are now six lessons in our real-world view course, where we build a view app step-by-step, starting with the new view CLI, then we optimize our code editor, learn view router, before jumping into global components. Our lesson on view CLI 3 is completely free if you want to give the course a try. If you use the coupon code PODCAST, you can get 25% off an annual subscription. And don't forget, 25% of your subscription we give directly back to the Vue.js project itself. So you're supporting Vue and you. As in your learning. <laughs> I don't know why. And Evan, you. <laughs> so you're supporting your learning and view and Evan, you. <laughs> all, all the yous. Amongst all the great view events going on this fall, like View London, View Toronto, Connect Tech in Atlanta, and Vue.js Summit in Brazil, on October 2nd and 3rd in Park City, Utah, is the first Framework Summit, where developers can learn about the common concerns amongst different front-end frameworks. You mean we all have the same problems? <laughs> yeah, we all have horrible posture. Right. Ter- <laughs> terribly sloped shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, But like rendering, change detection, and performance. Check it out if this sounds interesting at frameworksummit.com. If you missed it, there is an interesting Q&A session with Evan Yu and core Vue member Guillaume Shao in the Q&A Discord channel of Vueland. They discuss topics such as what's next now that Vue CLI 3 is officially released and what the most challenging part of Vue was to write. If you enjoy listening to podcasts like me, we want to make sure you know about DevChat TV's Views on View podcast, where Chris Fritz, Joe Eames, Divya Sadisharan, Charles Max Wood, and Eric Hanchett interview people we've talked about on this podcast. People like Hassan Girda, Jen Looper, Eduardo San Martin Marote, Ed Yerberg, and you can even find Greg and I on the most recent episode. So if you want to hear more about the why and how of you mastery, definitely check that out. If you're located near Amsterdam, then I'm jealous. Guillaume G- <laughs> Shao will be presenting a workshop at this week's View Amsterdam meetup. He'll be talking in depth on the View CLI 3 with live coding and examples. There are still spots left. If you need to implement dynamic forms with Vue.js for things like content management, admin panels, form builders, or website creators, you might want to check out a video from Derek Wojciechowski, better known as Gusto. He gave an hour-long talk at the Berlin Vue.js meetup where he covers validation libraries, form state management libraries, and other libraries that generate Vue forms for you, like Vue Form Wizard, Vue Form Generator, and finally he shows how you might write a form generator from scratch. Recently, our friends over at Monorail were tasked with building a web app that allowed a user to design the interior of their home. This meant the app needed to have a 3D editor along with a 2D workspace. Hmm, that sounds complex. And they use Vue and I assume another JavaScript library that can do 3D stuff? Correct. That was Babylon.js. It's a complete JavaScript library for building stuff like 3D games and experiences. They actually implemented what's called an entity system. It's a programming pattern that gathers all objects or entities existing within a certain space and allows for a flexible composition of different behaviors and traits by applying components to those entities. I'm a little lost, but it's interesting to know that you did well with this kind of system. Yes. In the article explaining the process, Chris Joff Young mentions how Vue's reactivity and flexibility made it a great choice for such a complex project. Mm -hmm. 
With the release of UCLI 3, common libraries are now using the new plugin architecture, making it super simple to add plugins when you start your project or even later on down the road. It used to be much harder to add libraries after you started building and configuring your app. You had to do all the configuration manually. Yeah, and when you install some of these libraries, the plugin system does a lot of the configuration for you, injecting dependencies, tweaking the webpack config, or generating new files. They can even prompt you for configuration when you're installing them. So what plugins are there out there to use? Well, there's a bunch, but this week Derek Sozo covered five that are definitely ready to use with the new CLI. These include Electron Builder. To create a cross-platform version of your app. Apollo. To use Apollo and GraphQL in your project. Beautify, Storybook, and the Component Plugin, which makes it easy to create your own shareable components as plugins. We've discussed scoped slots on the podcast before. And last week, Matthias Ribzenek wrote up an article showing a good example of where these can shine. Scope slots are where you expose data from the child component to the parent, so the parent component can use this data in a slot. Right. And the example that Matthias uses is where the child has access to an API, in this case, the Google Maps API. The child component takes care of the initialization and creates Google and Map objects, which can be used by the parent to draw things on a map. Interesting. So it basically abstracts out the API connection. So would you call this a renderless component? Yeah, that's the idea. It just encapsulates the API interface. View Apollo is a library that integrates Apollo in view components with declarative queries. And if you're using it, you should probably be testing it. Recently, Natalia Tepluhina wrote a tutorial on how to test single file components with view Apollo queries and mutations. Hmm. And, and what testing library is she using? She's using Jest along with view test utils. She shows how to mock the actual GraphQL schema and call queries and mutations against it. Most websites these days are responsive and the developers ensure they look good on mobile. However, how often do you think designers are thinking about how touch gestures might affect their design? Um, probably not most of them. Mm -hmm. They're probably still just thinking about mouse-focused interaction. Right, but thankfully there's libraries out there to make touch gestures easy to implement, like Hammer.js, which Lisey Linhart wrote about this week. In her article, Lisey shows how to create a custom view directive with Hammer.js to swipe through a set of buttons when the user drags through them. So is this done with CSS? Yeah, Lisey animates the CSS transform property by updating a CSS variable in JavaScript. There's been a new release of View Auto Suggest, a component that suggests queries based on the characters you type. Oh yeah, that's pretty useful. Yep, and the component just got a little more view-like because it's using scope slots. Previously, it was using object inheritance, which the creator Darren Jennings found to be quite brittle. You can check out his thought process for the update in his recent Medium post. Alexander Lichter was building a simple brochure website for his company when he ran into a common problem that you've likely run into when it comes to simple websites. How to make that darn contact form work and send an email. Right, so how did Alexander solve this? Well, he figured out a really creative solution where he sent emails through Nuxt in server-side rendering mode using Express.js as a middleware. <laughs> Wait, is he using Express or Nuxt? Both. <laughs> See, okay. He realized he could use Express inside Nuxt as a server middleware to create a simple API endpoint for his application. It's a creative solution that I wouldn't have thought of. So his API endpoint takes a name, email, and message, it validates the parameters, and then he's using the node mailer library to send out an email. Whoa, okay, so he's building a server-side API inside his Nuxt. Using Express. Yeah, it's a really creative solution, although he doesn't recommend building your entire API this way. 
There's a bunch of productivity apps out there, some better than others, and a developer on Medium named Yev recently created his own, which incorporates two productivity techniques, the Pomodoro technique and the Eisenhower matrix. Oh, nice. And I guess he must have used Vue. Yep, he's using Quasar, which uses Vue, and Firebase. In his post, Yev describes how he approached the structure of the app, which he built for mobile. He doesn't show any code, but the article is a good overview of how you might start approaching the breakdown of a mobile Quasar app. I love to see more articles about like the thought process that goes into building a larger application and how you put all the pieces together and think about it. So those articles are useful. Definitely. Thank you for listening to the official View News podcast. Be sure to tune in every week for the latest news in the View community.